You know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. And like the man said, we are those weekend golf guys. Uh, I am John Ashton in the studio. Jeff Smith in the Suburban Mobile studio again this week on the road right. somewhere. I love it. Getting out, getting out. Uh, you know, I'm away from other folks. You know how you're supposed to be. Yeah. And uh, I'm getting to see a little bit of the country from an inside of a car. Yeah. So, uh, you know. That was the best place to go, you know. A little bit of scenery. And, and <laughs> Jeff, you don't have to wear the mask when you're in the car. Okay. Just well, that's the best off. part, right? <laughs> that's right? But you know, you do have to wear it when you walk into the bank and, re- and get some money out. <laughs> yeah, you have to wear it then. Yeah. <laughs> no question. Just, it's going to make it easier for bank robbers for sure. That's right. Everybody yeah, that's think, right. Everybody's going to think they're just being uh, being uh, appropriate. I got to try to figure that's out how right. to rob a bank from the drive-through because that's all that's open here. <laughs> you can't yeah, get into no. a lobby of a bank anymore. <laughs> that other <laughs> that other voice you hear is Tony Ruggiero, who is our special guest for this show. And Tony is a uh, top 100 golf instructor from L.A., Lower Alabama. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we, we probably don't have my, as much culture as the folks to the to the west of us, but uh, in the other L.A., but a uh, great, great spot. I've been fortunate to be around here a bunch down in, on the Gulf Coast in lower Alabama for a bunch of years. Yeah, so I had, a, had a radio buddy who did that one time to me. He called and he says, man, I just got a gig in L.A. And I went, really? He said, yeah, Mobile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good town. <laughs> oh, okay. That's great. That's great. Yeah. It is a good town, yeah. man. I, I tell you, I used to uh, travel a lot in the southeastern states, and that drive from I used to go from Fort Walton Beach over to Mobile a lot. Yeah. And that whole drive along the Gulf Coast right there is absolutely gorgeous stuff, man. Beautiful, beautiful. And and uh, if you do it now, there's not a lot of traffic out there. You can make it a little quicker than you could yeah. a year ago. But, uh, yeah, it's beautiful. I've been, you know, I started my teaching on the Panhandle in the Perdido area, just, you know, uh, and then was over in the Destin, Fort Walton area. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a long time so and then been in mobile the last eight nine years so yeah uh, been on the gulf coast a good while it's a good spot and some actually beautiful golf courses i used to pass never had time to stop and play but used to pass and just look longingly going oh that yeah, looks like fun. they've added more obviously like everything they've added a bunch of good ones but uh there's some good old ones you know too so there's lots of good golf down here yeah uh, absolutely definitely it's always fun too to play golf with uh, spanish moss and alligators hanging around because that's no, yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. adds to the ambiance of the game, you know. But we're gonna no we're question. gonna we're gonna talk ad, in depth uh, about golf, about teaching golf, about people you've taught, and things like that when we come right back. Okay. So everybody, hang with us. We are those weekend golf guys. We got a great hour together. Don't you move. Mother's Day is creeping up on us quick. I hope that doesn't come as a shock to you, because if it does, you're in a real jam. But I can get you out of that jam. I have got the perfect Mother's Day gift. You know, flowers, yeah, they wilt after a week. Candy, that'll be gone, what, 48 hours? I mean, sure, it's nice to say, hey, Mom, I'm thinking about you. But how about a present that's that's something from the heart, that's something that's going to keep on giving? That's something that is so cool, she's going to say, wow, my children actually sat back and thought about this for a while. I am talking about a Skylight electronic frame. And this is how it works. It's one of those electronic picture frames, you know, that scrolls through all the pictures in it automatically. Well, when you get the skylight, you get an email address and you can send pictures to that email address. And about 30 seconds later, those pictures are on that frame. Now, I can be in California taking pictures of the kids. My mother could be in Maine. And in 30 seconds, she's going to get those pictures on her frame. 
And you can give that email address to everybody in the family. So everybody can send pictures to your mom's frame. You're going to find that mom sometimes going to start watching the frame more often than she even watches TV. It's a great way to feel close to people, especially if you are separated by long distances or in this day and age, if you're separated just because, because of the social distancing thing going on. It takes less than 60 seconds to set this sucker up. Sending the photos is effortless. It comes in a black frame, so it looks great in any home and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you don't like the skylight or mom doesn't like it, you're getting pictures of her grandkids she's not going to like. Right. But in just in case you don't like the skylight, they'll offer you a full refund. I can get you a deal. I can get you a special holiday offer. Get you $10 off your purchase of a skylight frame if you go to skylightframe.com slash golf and then enter the code golf. All right, get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame. Just go to Skylight, S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash golf. And we're back, those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith, Tony Ruggiero, uh, top 100 golf instructor, hanging out in Mobile, Alabama at the moment and, uh, and chomping at the bit to get some some uh, students waiting for you on the tee. So we won't keep you too long, but we do appreciate you coming on, Tony. And one one of the things that I always know, because I have, and, and most of the people I know, have put off taking lessons for a very long time because golf pros scare us. Yeah. How do you overcome that, man? Well, I mean, I think we've all heard the people say, I'm not good enough to take a lesson. Exactly. Right? Yeah. How many times right. you get that? It's like, uh, you know, I mean, I think, and we could go on for hours about our profession and, and why things uh, have, people have gotten that attitude. But I think people are scared to take lessons because I think they feel like they're not good enough. They feel like they can't understand the information. And I don't know, to be honest, that we our industry does a real service for fixing that notion that you're not going to be able to understand it. So I've overcome it. I've, I've tried to overcome it the best I can, but, you know, um, I try to keep things very simple, you know, really try to focus on helping the person, no matter what skill level they're at, play better golf. I think most folks, when they come to you, that's, that's what they're, that's what they're wanting. I don't know that they need to uh, understand everything about biomechanics and physics. They want to understand how to play the game a little better. Mm -hmm. I think if you can keep it pretty simple, the approach to that and help them understand how to do it in a way that they can do it. I mean, I think you'll, I think you can keep your lesson book full. Yeah. Jeff, we were talking about that just uh, last week, weren't we about how you and Tony would have a totally different uh, conversation about golf than you and I would have, or Tony and I would. Oh, absolutely. Tony and I get into the weeds on things because we want to talk and, and hash things out. But the second we stand in front of a, a, a student, we absolutely switch into, hey, how am I going to make this as simple as possible for mm -hmm. this person right here in front of me right this second? Because I need to talk English. It needs to be plain. It needs to be simple. Hence the name of my <laughs> website, Golf School, right? <laughs> plain and Simple Golf School, right? If, we, if we're not doing plain English golf lessons – we're, we're missing the boat. We're not helping people. But when, when coaches get together, man, we'll go into all kinds of stuff and we hash it out yeah. and we'll, we'll make sure that, that we've, you know, and Tony and I go to the same places. We listen to the same kind of stuff, but what we're always looking for is not just information, but how's somebody else presenting it? Cause yeah. somebody out there has got a better way than what I'm doing. And maybe you can morph a couple of people that do, that do really great job. You know, maybe it's a guy that that we talked about that you know, a friend of the show, uh, 
for example, Brian Manzella, he, he does a great job of saying things in so many different ways that that students can understand because he's using plain English. No, he's using Cajun English, but yeah. Well, <laughs> close enough. Yes. I mean, people would call that plain, but yeah. yeah. Right. But the point is, is that teachers talking to teachers is different right, than, exactly. than uh, teachers talking to students. Well, I hope know, so. I have taken lessons from, from teachers who tried to make it look like magic. Like, mm-hmm. like they were imparting to you something that only they knew. And if you paid them a lot of money, they would grace you with the knowledge that they had. And they made it as difficult as possible, I guess, maybe to justify the fact that they were charging so much. I don't know. But once I ran into Jeff and his ilk, Tony, the game suddenly became so much more simple. I think that, uh, you know, I, I was mentored by a great teacher, but he used to say he had pixie dust was the word. And, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I mean, the longer and, and Jeff, you can comment on this as well or more than me. But like I, the more things I go to, the more things I'm around the more I, I don't think there's really new information out there. I mean, I, I think the stuff that great players, great teachers have done uh, kind of stands the test of time. And, um, you know, I I don't think anybody has any new or different information. They may have ways to prove things or explain things different. And we've obviously got ways right. to measure things. But I don't know that there's really a whole lot that's new out there that, that is earth shattering revelation. I know there's you get a bunch of PhDs and they, they can have a zoom call and confuse the hell out of everybody. But you know, <laughs> I, I mean, I just I don't think any of it's new. I think yeah. it's, I don't yeah. know that any of it has one ounce of the ability to help somebody play better golf. Yeah, definitely. Let me ask you a question, yeah. Tony, because one of the things that's the same in golf is not only the, the, the actual, you know, nuts and bolts of the game, but the people who are trying to learn it, I, I, I think you could probably break us down into different types. Is there like one student type that when they come to you, you go, oh, no, this is not going to be fun. I mean, you know, I would say that's, you know, one, if any, I always tell people, if anybody's willing, wanting to learn and wanting to get better, I want to help them. Uh, but if you said, like, who are the, the you know, I, th- I also think that teachers work best with students that are good fits for them. Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like I'll use a tour player's example, like Bryson DeChambeau wouldn't be a good fit for me. Uh, he's a great guy great player but he's super scientific he's into a lot of interesting things that i wouldn't we wouldn't be a good fit we wouldn't work great together mm-hmm. and i think it's the same you know i mean i over i remember early in my teaching career um guy was an engineer he was brutal right because oh, yeah. he wanted to know every single thing it didn't fit the way i think uh you know so um and and, and i think obviously people that are totally unathletic right mm-hmm. make it more of a challenge so I don't think there's people you don't look forward to, but there's obviously people that don't fit your style as well. And it's going to, not only is it going to be difficult for you, but it's going to be difficult for them. And I've gone, I've at times I've referred somebody to another teacher, like, Hey, I'm probably not the right guy for you. Um, you ought to go see this guy, this mm-hmm. girl, whatever. So I think, I think a lot of learning is finding the correct match. Yeah. Jeff, you used to have problems I, with the engineers. At, at, I, you know, I do. Yeah. Tony, I live in a, I live in a place, um, I live in Columbus, Indiana, and and what that's known for outside of its crazy architecture is the fact that it's the the world headquarters for Cummins Engine Company. Mm -hmm. And what they do is they bring in engineers from all over the world. Right. They come and they live in Columbus, Indiana for four or five years at a time. Mm -hmm. And some stay and some go back. But um, I deal with an awful lot of engineer brain people. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, so I even have a class called golf for engineers. And next thing you know, I break out uh, the launch monitor data. I break out the KVS stuff. I break out the force plate stuff because that's how they live. That gets through to them. And so I've, I've had to learn at some time with some people, you really got to get there. But right. there's so much more time that you're dealing with just the normal person that doesn't have engineer brain. And, yeah. um, you know, so as a coach, I've got to figure out who, who do I have and how do I morph? I've got to be the chameleon. That's, that's the way I look at things. Because if somebody came to me, man, I'm, I'm really happy. I'm honored that they came. Um, I'm honored that they've, they've heard about me or something. And, and they've said, boy, this guy can help. Well, my job is to do just that. So I've got to figure out uh, if they got engineer brain, uh, if they got analytical brain, if they got art brain, if they got just a normal everyday simple guy kind of brain. Or worse yet, if they've got teenager brain. Boy, if they got teenager <laughs> brain, we get trouble. Wrong, right? that, that's an oxymoron, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Well, depends on well, where the brain is, but yeah, yeah, that's right. And you know, and, and when I say teenager brain to an awful lot of them, I, I make sure that they understand that that's not necessarily a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. no, they don't. Most of them, don't, you know. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, uh, you know, I think our job is to is to explain and to relate to the, to the player, you know, and everybody's different. And, but I think that uh, lots of people in, in also in this need to try to know science and all that, they get to complicated things and don't even take the time to explain the basic simple things like how the golf ball actually gets in the air and where the low point is. I taught a beginning lady in Frederica last week. I don't teach, you know, very many of those anymore, but lady was super nice member wanted to learn and had, I mean, uh, had taken a bunch of lessons. And when I explained low point and how the ball gets in the air, it dramatically changed the lesson. I mean, I think sometimes we take for granted that the student sometimes knows a bunch of things that we think are simple or we take, you know, or we assume they know. And, and I think that, uh, you know, every first lesson for me with a student, I try to break kind of some of the basics down and, and into a very simple way of how the golf swing and the works in the club and the ball gets in the air because I, I i think it's uh the old the old saying about assume but if you assume that somebody knows every knows how some of this works mm-hmm. even if they're a better player i think sometimes things get lost in translation yeah definitely yeah. do speaking from a guy who needs the translation at times and uh i i agree with you wholeheartedly listen we're spending some time with the best golf teachers in the world right here now on uh, those weekend golf guys I probably qualify some of the best golf teachers in the world just so they don't get too big of a head and we're going to have like, more conversation when we come right back so hang with us we know those weekend golf guys be right back there is nothing worse than living with chronic pain it's more than a feeling of discomfort it, you know it can affect your entire life if you have some kind of pain, it can prevent you from, from falling to sleep, from being able to relax, keeps you from exercising, which creates a vicious cycle of everything in the body getting worse. Maybe it's been going for a few weeks. Maybe it hasn't improved with any treatments you've tried. Does this sound familiar to you? Like my knees, every time I get done playing golf, my knees kill me for about a week. So it happens when you get old, man. Enter Omax Health. Now, if you're looking to get rid of some nagging muscle and joint pain immediately, while providing long-lasting recovery, then you need to try the natural breakthrough pain relief solution called CryoFreeze CBD Roll-On. 
that was developed by Omax Health. It's non-prescription, triple-action pain relief roll-on, specially formulated to block the pain receptors, to reduce the inflammation, and to improve muscle and joint flexibility. The best part is it's 100% natural. CBD-powered remedy. It works its magic within 10 minutes of application, and relief can last up to eight hours. That's it. Both my wife and I have bad knees. She's working on her feet 12 hours a night at the hospital. I play golf a lot. Yeah, rub it on. The pain is gone. You need to try this stuff. And Omax Health is offering our listeners 20% off a full-bottle cryo-free CBD pain relief roll-on. Plus, you'll get free shipping. Now, the discount also applies toward anything, any product on their site. Just go to OmaxHealth.com today. Enter the code WEEKEND. All right, that's O-M-A-X health.com and enter the code weekend and you will get 20% off cryo-freeze and anything else site-wide. PGA Pro, Kyle Stanley uses it. It's good enough for him. It's good enough for us, right? All right, O-M-A-X health, O-M-A-X health.com slash weekend. O-M-A-X health.com slash weekend. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, we are back. I'm John Ashton in studio. He is Jeff Smith, the Suburban Mobile Studio, and uh, Tony Ruggiero. Uh, Tony, you've got a, a golf podcast of your own, don't you? It's it's Tour Coach, and we release one every week. Fortunate to teach a bunch of guys out on tour. So when we're not under uh, shelter-in-place orders, uh, <laughs> you know, I spend 20-some weeks a year, 28 weeks, I think, last year out on the PGA Tour, the Corn Ferry Tour. So it's about um, interaction with my guys. We're real close. We, we have dinner a lot together. We do a lot. They play together. So it's kind of about, you know, I inter, have podcasts with all of my different players, some of the mental coaches and performance coaches and fitness coaches that I work with on tour. So it's kind of a behind the scenes, if you will, look at that. And, and uh, it's been fun. I mean, uh, started doing it just about a little over a year ago, mm-hmm. like 13 months ago. So it's it's been interesting for me. I've done like yeah, I've done radio. It's I like it because it gives me more creativity and more freedom. I mean, some of the things we say and talk about probably couldn't be on the radio. And (laughs) some of the ones we've recorded have been fairly late at night after several (laughs) bottles of wine. Uh So, uh, I'm talking about teachers arguing and getting into stuff. Like we've had some spirited debates with uh, a couple of different teachers on there. And Matt Rudy has joined me uh, on it and stuff. So we've had some lively conversations and, you know, like you guys, we try to make, let people see, a, uh, have a look at what's really going on. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, I don't think any of us takes ourselves too seriously. We have fun. Yeah, that's that's the the secret here. I know Jeff had a, sent me some audio once, a conversation he recorded um, after a few bottles of wine with some teaching professionals. And I think after editing, I oh, got yeah. about four and a half minutes of content. So oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that wasn't that one of the, the condo thing last year at yeah. the PGA show. Yeah, that was yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot left there. Yeah, it was funny to listen to, but nothing we could air. <laughs> you know, we and some of the players have gotten together, and then at the end, everybody's like, 
Now they're going to edit that, right? They're going to edit. <laughs> you know? uh, uh, but uh, anyway, so you know, but it's but again, people have an interest, I think, also in knowing the stuff that we don't want to air, right? Right. Because they see our public persona and they see our image, and you know, you know. So I think that's why some of those things are popular: the ability to things that we couldn't say, couldn't do on the radio, talk about things uh, that they want to hear. You know, is is interesting. You and Jeff both both have um, now students slash coaching relationship people that are playing professional golf on tour. Do you almost take a parental glee when they do well, or is it strictly a professional coach student type of relationship? I think you do. I think you've got a lot. I mean, I think of all of, you know, every relationship with every one of my players is different. Some of the younger ones, the Smiley Kaufmans, the Tom Love ladies, some of those guys, you know, I mean, I think you almost are more like a, a father type figure, obviously not replacing their father. I mean, Tom's father has passed away. So, right. I, you know, I think in certain aspects, I, I probably occupy that role to an extent. Guys like Lucas Glover, I mean, I think of more like a, a brother or a very good friend. So we have very close. If you travel 28 weeks with somebody, you're going to have a close relationship. You better get along. And so, yeah, I think that when they play good, I think the challenge is to, you know, kind of temper how excited you get when they play good with how much you beat yourself up when they play bad because yeah. they're going to play worse more than they play good. It's the nature of the game that we coach and play, teach, and love. So, uh, you know, I think that's a fine line. But, I, I mean, I know for myself I'm a very emotional person. I get fired up sometimes and cuss and scream and yell. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I th- so obviously we take a lot of pride in when things go well and, yeah. And, uh, you know, so do you so, travel on the net jet with them or do they make you drive and meet them there? <laughs> I don't have anybody that does net jet. Oh, bummer. <laughs> I mean, I have guys that on occasion use hours and do that stuff, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I fly or drive, but, uh, but I'll tell you what, I'm, I, I say it all the time. I'm super lucky. I, ha- I have, uh, I call it another word, but I, I have a no jerk policy. I have a group of guys that are really good and they treat me really good and they've treated me really good during this coronavirus. You know, they're guys you want to work for. And, and we all, we have dinner, and uh, you know, we have dinner cocktails or shoot when I go to the, you know, I go spend the night at their house during normal times when we go to work and things like that. And I think, you know, I think we feel like we're family. So I, you know, I, I don't know that my situation's unique or different from other successful scenarios out there, but, but it has to be that way for me to work and do as, and do as well as, as I can do. Yeah. It's fantastic, man. I mean, it's, it's, you've got to sit back and just, I don't know, just be so proud. The fact that they're there, that they got the card and they keep the card, you know? Yeah. You know, I mean, I had a, you know, last year I had a pretty good day. I had a guy win the U S amateur and make the tour championship on one day. And I'll Ooh. tell you, I was drunk as a mule. <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, you know, yeah, you're, you're awfully proud when those things happen. Right. And, and you're, you know, but you're not just proud of your accomplishments, but you know, when you do what we do, you see how hard they work, yeah. you know, you see the sacrifices of, not going to do this with their buddies or not being home with their wife and their kids and being five weeks on the road. And you said when their kids are young and those, so you see the sacrifices they make. So you, you understand and you appreciate it. And obviously they're compensated well for it. And nobody's arguing that, but, but man, they put a lot of work, they bust their butt, they get after it. And it only, you know, there aren't any cases anymore where 
uh, people are very successful at that level that don't work hard. I mean, yeah. just there, there are, there are, I mean, everybody's too talented. Everybody's too good. And everybody works hard. So that's why it's so competitive. Uh, you said, no, that. I can turn that into, into some, the same scenario with a lot of the high school and college kids that I've got, you know, there's a hunger out there with some of these guys. And, you know, I, I'm fortunate to the fact that I've got a, a handful of guys that really, truly want to get after it all the time. And they're always trying to be better than the other guy, but they're trying to be better than they were the day before and the day before and the day before. I, I see the struggles that they go through because of just being a normal human being. Mm-hmm. You know, some days are, are better than others just because you feel a little bit better that day. You know, sometimes you didn't get a lot of sleep. Maybe you stayed up. You know, maybe it's because you had you got tests coming up. There's an awful lot of stress. Next thing you know, your golf ball is getting struck a little poorly. Next thing you know, you're overreacting to everything. You know, and I see that struggle. And then I see when the pressure gets relieved, how much better their golf gets. And, mm-hmm. you know, here we're talking about young men, young women who have not fully formed uh, emotionally or mentally uh, and certainly not experientially. They just they don't have enough experience to say, yeah, OK, this is a short term problem. Yeah, OK, I don't feel very good. I don't anticipate playing golf very well. Half of them still have teenager brain, you know, where they still think that everything's got to be perfect all the time. They think that everything's got to be just so or their world is crashing down because they don't have that space in between their head to go. It's either good or or it's bad. There's nothing in the middle for some of these people say, hey, there's different levels of being good. Some days you play really good and some days you play just okay, And that's still better than a lot of people's really good. But they don't see it that way. They just you know, I see stress. I see things that go on. They're all trying to make their way and grow up and learn to be people. A lot of things in, in different players, you know. Everybody's different, right? And I, you, you know, and I always tell one of the early things I learned from my mentor, Hank Johnson, was you can't get ten years of experience in one day less than ten years, right? And <laughs> that's right. Sounds simple, but not everybody understands that. Now you can make the most of your experience and get a lot out of it and learn from it, but you can't rush ten years of experience. And so, I always feel like with my young players, and I've been fortunate to have some good ones. I've always tried to surround them with better players that are more accomplished so that they could see one, how they're probably better and hit better shots than they think they do in comparison, but also see just how you act and how they act as a professional, how they act as a person. You know, last week I was at Frederica, one of my good young players plays college. Two of them were hanging out with me from over at Pensacola and in Mobile and Lucas Glover played, 36 holes a day with him for two days. Wow. I mean, it was a great experience, right? I mean, he was a prince. He was awesome. But And and the kids took a ton. But it was interesting out of their perspectives of what they talked about. Like, I mean, one was like how he prepared and how he practiced, how he handled himself on the golf course when he was four over on the first 13 holes because he hit a couple of bad shots. Like, not everybody has access to do that. But as teachers, if we can help players and students and especially young people be around those that have done it, I think they can learn. I've always just tried to expose my young players to as many of the people that are the best at what they do as they can with the understanding that the ones that really want it and really want to get good are going to use it and find a way to get it. The ones that don't, I mean, you weren't going to probably help them anyway. I mean, they, they're not, that's not for them. And that's okay, too. I think, I mean, we've all had kids that we've taught that are really talented, but don't have the desire, don't have the drive, and don't want to do it. And it's okay for them to be that way. Not everybody has to have that drive 
or have that desire. And when you help somebody be comfortable with who they are, generally they, they you know, better things happen. Have you ever had students who stopped because they felt they got good enough, but you looked at them and thought they had so much more potential they should hang out and do it more? Oh, absolutely. I have. I can't project what I know a kid can do. I can't give him that motivation right. to get it to get better. Everybody's got their level of where they want to be. And as soon as they get there, they are now complacent. They have to find their own internal drive to get better to take it the next level because they came to me because I can help them get where they want to go. But everybody's got their own level. Yeah. It's, it's like everybody's got their own rung on the ladder that they're complacent with, that they're happy with. For my, my own three children are, are great examples of that. Two girls went to Division One golf. One of them actually won a, a Division One golf tournament. She's the one driving the car right now. Different levels of motivation. Caroline, my oldest, got to Division One level golf, played a bunch of tournaments, and was happy Never once in her life has she spoken about turning professional. Uh, Rebecca goes and wins a Division One college golf tournament, and then she's effectively done now. That was the day. Mm-hmm. She was like, okay, I did what I wanted to do. I'm, I, what do I do now? I'm here playing, but why am I doing this now? And my son, who's off playing college golf, he hasn't gotten there yet, but he's never mentioned a day after he was a freshman in high school about going to the tour. But he wanted to play college. He wanted to get there. He wanted to go to the college he wanted to go to and play. And he's doing that. But everybody's got their own level. Right. When they get there, they get there. And if there's nothing else internally, I'm not sure if there's anything I can do to kick their pants in to uh, to make them go farther. I, I've tried. Tony Ruggiero is our guest on those Weekend Golf Guys. And we got more. We're coming right back. You can stick with us. I want to talk to you about my wife. She is a critical care nurse, works four 12-hour shifts a week at the hospital. Her knees hurt. And she's tried the Icy Hots and the Bengays of the world only to say, yeah, I got 20 minutes of relief. That pain is right back again. So I got this bottle of stuff in the mail. This is Omax Health. It's called CryoFreeze CBD. They developed it at Omax Health. It's a non-prescription, triple-action pain relief roll-on, specially formulated to block pain receptors, reduce inflammation, and improve muscle and joint flexibility. All right, so she rolled it on and went to work. Came back in the morning, and you know what she said to me? It works. Olmax Health is offering our listeners 20% off a full bottle of CryptoFreeze pain relief roll-on, plus free shipping. Now, the discount also applies to anything, any product site-wide on their website. Just go to OmaxHealth.com today. Enter the code WEEKEND and take advantage of this incredible savings. That is O-M-A-X-Health.com and enter the code WEEKEND. You'll get 20% off CryoFreeze and anything else site-wide. OmaxHealth.com. Mother's Day is creeping up on us quick. I hope that doesn't come as a shock to you, because if it does, you're in a real jam. But I can get you out of that jam. I have got the perfect Mother's Day gift. You know, flowers, yeah, they wilt after a week. Candy, that'll be gone, what, 48 hours? I mean, sure, it's nice to say, hey, Mom, I'm thinking about you. But how about a present that's that's something from the heart, that's something that's going to keep on giving? That's something that is so cool, she's going to say, wow, my children actually sat back and thought about this for a while. I am talking about a Skylight electronic frame. And this is how it works. It's one of those electronic picture frames, you know, that scrolls through all the pictures in it automatically. Well, when you get the Skylight, you get an email address. And you can send pictures to that email address. And about 30 seconds later, those pictures are on that frame. Now, I can be in California taking pictures of the kids. My mother could be in Maine. And in 30 seconds, she's going to get those pictures on her frame. And you can give that email address to everybody in the family so everybody can send pictures to your mom's frame. 
You're going to find that mom sometimes going to start watching a frame more often than she even watches TV. Great way to feel close to people, especially if you are separated by long distances or in this day and age, if you're separated just because because of the social distancing thing going on. Takes less than 60 seconds to set this sucker up. Sending the photos is effortless. It comes in a black frame, so it looks great in any home and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you don't like the skylight or mom doesn't like it, you're getting pictures of her grandkids she's not going to like. Right. But in just in case you don't like the skylight, they'll offer you a full refund. I can get you a deal. I get you a special holiday offer. Get you $10 off your purchase of a skylight frame. If you go to skylightframe.com slash golf and then enter the code golf. All right. Get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame. Just go to Skylight, S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash golf. And welcome back. We are those Weekend Golf Guys. I'm John Ashton in studio. He is Jeff Smith. He's in the uh, mobile studio. Tony Ruggiero from uh, Mobile, Alabama at the moment is uh, our guest. One of America's top 100 golf instructors. Lots of uh, PGA pros, Corn Ferry Tour pros uh, that he has tutored, mentored, taught, coached, whatever the correct word is there. Yeah. Probably a little bit of all of it. <laughs> yeah. What is it about Alabama that produces or attracts such good golfers? Because even even our favorite son, uh, Justin Thomas, he left Louisville and trucked on down to the University of Alabama to play golf. What's the attraction for that? Who's who's there? What, what makes that such a, a mecca for college golfers, man? For a long time, we've had some really good instruction in the state. Um, I think anytime you have a place where you've got a bunch of folks that are playing good golf, you have to look at, and it's not, you know, we got Mark Blackburn in Birmingham who does an amazing job up there. Wayne Flint for a long time has been a great teacher in Birmingham. Hank Johnson, my mentor, you know, he's he's close to retired now, I think. But but again, I mean, you've had great instruction in the state. And then you, I mean, I think it's like any other sport. You've got two very big universities uh, that play in the SEC that have mm. big time programs, and the lure of playing at those places has been has been a, a big deal. And uh, JC Weld Alabama did a hell of a job recruiting some great talent. They had that run there. And I taught a few guys on that team, but we've been fortunate. We've got we've got a state that's produced a lot of good players, and we've got a lot of great young players coming up, going through college that are about to go to college or in college now. Um, but I think it's a testament to the work that a lot of the teachers and the club professionals have done developing folks early. And some great golf courses, too. The, the, the golf, golf associations in Alabama must be very proud of what they've been able to accomplish down there. The AGA, the Alabama Golf Association, has done a great job for years putting on great. And they've been part of the Southern Golf Association does the Southern Am, which everybody knows are, is such is a prestigious amateur event. And I mean, they're, they're state juniors and their junior golf is uh has been really good and and a sjgt the southeastern junior golf tour has come along in the last i'd say 10 years and provided really high level of competition across the southeast for the for those kids that aren't ready or can't and don't have the ability to go play all the AJGA stuff Mm -hmm. so now you've got really good competition which is basically every week i think there's like one in one part of the southeast one in the other basically every week when regular golf's going on. So I, I just think the more you allow and you facilitate players to compete and then you provide them with good information, you're, you're going to produce, you're going to produce talented players. You know, I guess, I guess Alabama is the golf with Indiana is the basketball, huh, Jeff? Similar. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean Alabama is obviously a football state, always oh, going to yeah. be a football state, right? Yeah. 
John, as you mentioned, Indiana basketball, you know, known for basketball state, but truth, truth be told from producing, uh, high school kids going into college, uh, and golf, we're ranked ninth in the country Really, for, for a short season. And, uh, you know, not a big state. There's a, a pretty good competitive spirit going on up here with the, with the coaches and the, and the players and, uh, you know, ninth in the country for little old Indiana for being a, a six month a year kind of a place. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all right. You know, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, I mean, that's great. That's you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I just think that as you have more good coaches, more great coaches, you're going to see areas that people wouldn't traditionally expect to produce a lot of really good players. I think you'll see that in different pockets. I think you'll find where there's really good instruction and there's really good competition. I think you'll see, see that. I mean, obviously Texas and Florida and California have always produced lots of great players numbers same thing you're just talking about weather and you also yeah. have but you, but think about it you always you know you go back a decade or so the majority of the great teachers lived in one of those places because of weather but nowadays i mean i think that people's quality of life and stuff is a different factor so i think people are living top coaches and stuff are, are living in places that they grew up or that they want to live versus everybody feeling like you got to be in south florida or you got to yeah. be in california so uh, I think you're going to see a proliferation of good players and great players come from different areas. Yeah, and then the other side of that well, coin is so. you've got two icons of, of this game, one of which came from Latrobe, Pennsylvania, and the other from Columbus, Ohio. Arnold Palmer and uh, Jack Nicholas didn't hang out at 12-month-a-year golf weather. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, you know, obviously they relocated more to Florida as they got older. Sure. Uh, but, but again, I mean, I think you find uh, – I mean, if you look at the PGA Tour, I mean, and you, look, I mean, Zach Johnson's from Iowa, yeah. right? I mean, mm-hmm. Iowa's, I know, is not 12-month season. You know, you've got guys, you know, obviously you've got a lot of players come from the Southeast. There's no question the ability to play 12 months and compete relatively 12 months. Mm-hmm. And I think, but I think as coaches get better and you know, get like the job Jeff's done up in Indiana and those, I mean, you're going to continue to see uh, more really good players come out of different areas that, that we wouldn't traditionally expect. You know, it's it's a it's a job for you. You're a golf coach, golf teacher, but you still have fun. Mm-hmm. What what's like one of the couple of the the most fun moments you've had with the game itself, whether teaching it or playing it or or whatever. Just like one, I have fun every day. We have, I mean, the biggest piece of technology that I have in my teaching building is a sound bar. Uh, <laughs> okay. because we play. I like classic rock and roll music and i like there we go while we're working so you know i try there to go right and, and i mean i tr- you know but you know look I, I played college golf at a small school in san antonio texas st mary's university my two teammates rich and al i mean we still play two three four times a year together we find a way to get together i, I love those weekends i host a two-person event in December called the Jingle Bell Classic, and Lucas is my partner, and <laughs> we get some of the tour guys. And it's a—I mean, you know, everybody has a lot of beer, a little mm-hmm. gambling, and that type of thing. Sure. And I mean, I, I just—I really enjoy that aspect of the game. Still, uh, I, I enjoy playing with good friends and 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 having a good time. As you know, the teaching from a teaching aspect. I mean, look, uh, it's hard to beat being at Augusta on, in the last group on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, or riding down Magnolia Lane or being, you know, being on a, you know, I've been fortunate to coach in all four majors and 
you know, so it's, I mean, you, th- those are, those are awesome experiences, but the playing with your friends and the opportunity to do that is, are still the things that are most, are, are, that I enjoy the most. You know, that's, that's weird that you said, not weird. I mean, it, it's difficult because you asked Jeff the same question and he's going to tell you stories about these, the, the group of quote unquote monkeys he goes to Vegas with every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, <laughs> right. that's, that's, that's a podcast only kind of conversation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, no. Know, yeah. I mean, I, and like, like I love going to Vegas. I've gone to Vegas a bunch of times. I've been to, you know, watch Butch Harmon teach a day one time. Like, and I've gone, I've got a good friend in Vegas. I've taught a couple times out there. Like when I go to Vegas, I mean, I'm not going for golf generally. <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah. So golf's not on my mind when I'm there. I mean, I think one thing that I've, tried to do is I've tried to be balanced. I've tried to get away from golf. Like uh, a lot of guys in our business and there's no right or wrong, but I mean, they, it's golf all the time. Right. Uh, you know, my wife and I spend a lot of time in the keys. And I mean, when I'm away from golf, I mean, I'm away from golf. Yeah. I'm close to a rum bottle and I'm away from <laughs> golf. And so, you know, I try to have some balance, but I think, uh, and Jeff, I'm sure it's the same for you that the further you go in this business and the more success you have, I think the battle to maintain that balance is harder. Uh, but I think. Oh, I agree. I think it can get balance. consuming. Yeah, yeah, right. It can get consuming. It really can. Like this. There's always stuff like this you have to do. There's always stuff on your phone. It gets harder and harder. And I'm not very good at it, but I, 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 I do try to maintain balance. That's I think great. the most fun things that, that hit me in, in my, my, my world of golf, like all the fun stuff. If I had to boil it down to just a handful of things, John, I guarantee you, one of the things that will forever stand out in my mind is one of the coolest things I've ever done in golf is I played the old course with my children. Mm. Yeah. Standing on the first tee and, you know, my wife's there, both my daughters are there and my son's there. And we had to play in two different groups, of course. So I didn't get to play with Rebecca on that first day, but I got to play with my son and my daughter, Caroline, and walking down the first fairway, walking up the 18th fairway, that'll that'll just always forever leap out into my head. Um, Another one, last summer, I went over to to Scotland again with my son and a couple other people. What we did was uh, we played golf a whole bunch. We played the old course again and did all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But we went back to... uh, a, a day it was the the sunday of the the british open the open and at carnoustie and we were in st andrews and it's a sunday so st andrews the golf course is closed and people are using it like it's a park so we're all just kind of wandering around and it's my birthday and so here we are and i'm and i'm messing around and next thing you know there's people a bunch of golf pros coming in and they're having a practice round at St. Andrews and they got it all set up for the senior open, which is that following week. So the bleachers are up and all these things are there and, and, and a bunch of tour pros from days gone by are, are there hitting balls. And so we're out there and next thing you know, Drew says to me, he goes, dad, go get your bag. I'll go act like your caddy. Now this is, I can say all this now because the statute of limitations has officially gone. All right, Tony, this is a funny story because my bag's got my name on it, you know, so there's, you know, Titleist bag and he's going to, he goes, I'll stand there and be your caddy because we're looking around this and there's no security. There's no gates. There's no fences. There's no nothing to stop anybody else from just going up and practicing. So next thing you know, Drew goes and gets my shoes, gets my bag, starts coming down there. He looks like all the rest of the caddies that are out there and Next thing you know, we'll go to the short game area, go to the putting green. Here I am chipping, pitching, putting, bunkering around with some of the tour guys that are out there. It was, you know, it's kind of like one of those little fantasy things you're doing. <laughs> and then I go to the driving range, 
And here I am hitting balls in between Corey Pavin and Jerry Kelly. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> last, last thing I could do is, do, you know, I'm For trying you. to get it in the middle of the face, right? Yeah. That, that's all I'm trying. That, every shot, I'm like, just get it in the center. Just get it in the center, you know? And I was, <laughs> so they were sounding pretty decent. And, you know, and I was kind of going about it in the same kind of manner that they were doing it, you know, because you've been around, you, you know, you, you get there and you see it, but you never, you know, I've never been the, the that level of a player that I could actually get there. So this is kind of a dream come true. Here I am standing on the grounds at St. Andrews. They've got the, the new course, uh, the 18th hole at the new course blocked off and the first hole, of the Jubilee course, which are right next to each other as the pitching green and then the driving range. And they cut out a, another area uh, and made a putting green out of it. So here's this practice area. And so I'm there for like an hour and just nice. having a great time. Right. And Drew's sitting there laughing. They're taking pictures of all this stuff. You know, here's Jeff Smith out there with his bag and all this stuff screwing around like he belongs there, which he really doesn't. And then we say, okay, it's time. Let's, let's move on. All right. I've, I've had my fill. And then we start walking up back up to the, to where the, the first tee of the old course is because that's where the parking lot where we had the car. So I'm walking there. Drew's carrying my bag. Next thing you know, Corey Pavin's behind me. <laughs> So we stop up at the thing and we, we get onto the putting green that's right up next to the first tee right there at the, the old course uh, at the clubhouse there at the RNA. And, and I'll be dang if, if I don't get out my putter and start wandering around the putting green. And Tony, I, you, you probably know Corey Pavin, but don't tell him I said this. But so he's kind of fiddle farting around. I'm fiddle farting around. Next thing you know, he kind of looks at me and says, are you practicing today? Which seems like code to mean, hey, do you want to go play a practice round? <laughs> now, my brain's going, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> this will be fun, right? And I know we got to go because we got a plane to catch in three hours. <laughs> like, so I got to beg off. I can't do it. Yeah. And I have no credentials because there's the starter on the tee that's going to stop me anyway. You know, there's going to be one of those George Plimpton moments, right? But so, yeah, so that sticks in my brain as one of the coolest things I've done in golf. And yet it was all just kind of a just haphazard thrown together stuff, you know? That's the way it normally works. And, you know, I've found and, uh, but it's fun, but it's fun. Yeah. Guys, I, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, it's always fun to sit and hang out, laugh a little bit. And, uh, well, we appreciate you coming, Tony. And uh, absolutely, you guys are the best. Anytime. Uh, uh, hopefully, we didn't mess anybody up too bad today. <laughs> no, we'll be all right. We do not that, we do that on a regular basis. We can recover if necessary. To mess this next guy up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tony. Tony, so much, Tony Ruggiero. Right. Appreciate your time, sir, with those weekend Thanks, golf Tony. guys. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golf guys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us, facebook.com slash golf guys. I want to tell you about the coolest gift you can give your mom for Mother's Day or any other loved one, grandma, whoever. It is called a skylight frame. It is a touch screen photo frame. It comes with an exclusive email address. So everybody you know can send pictures to that email address. And in seconds, those pictures will show up on the frame. It's a 10-inch, beautiful touchscreen, black frame, so it fits right into wherever you have it in the house, fits the decor. And I got to tell you, man, pictures, immediate. My wife sits now and just stares at the picture frame. She says it's even more fun than watching TV. But right now, as a special holiday offer, we can get you $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash golf and then enter the code GOLF. 
That's right. You get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame. Just go to skylightframe.com slash golf and enter the code GOLF. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash golf. All right. So uh, we are back this weekend. Golf Guys, I am John Ashton along with Gatecrasher, Jeff Smith. And... Uh, <laughs> True story. Tony Ruggiero had to leave us uh, to go uh, teach somebody who's probably going to win some major tournament someday down the road. Uh, yep. Man, that guy's great. That guy's, guy, great coach. He is great, man. He's yeah, great. Yeah, he is. Top 100. Yeah, I've never man. heard. I've never heard anything but stellar remarks about that guy. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody likes him. He's just personable as anything and smart as a whip and tries not to tries not to act like that. Right. You know, I sixty five. Your your golf course is right next to Interstate sixty five in Indiana. Yep, uh-huh. um, I can shoot right I, straight. I sixty five runs right through Louisville, Kentucky, and it's like a straight uh-huh. straight shot south to Alabama. It is, and there are so right the guts of it. so many good golf courses in Alabama. There are. Yeah, you got. The you know, I could call up my friend Mark Blackburn and say, "Hey, Mark, um, we're we're coming down sixty five. You got a you got a pretty nice place just to hop, skip, and a jump from there." Yeah. What do you say? Yeah. yeah. How about it, man? They got a whole they got a whole pretty cool trail that goes down there too, you know. Yeah, Mr. Robert Trent Jones put it together. Uh-huh. Or at least they they pay him to use his name or whatever. But uh Yeah. I wonder who I'm gonna take with me. I don't know. I'm sure you'll think of somebody. Huh? Yeah. How about intrepid producer Mark? Why don't I take him? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I'm sorry, he's uh he's got a broken arm. <laughs> you don't have to go alone. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I can go as a single. That'd be all right. You get on with somebody. Um, you probably got a child somewhere that you could pull along with you. Uh, they're, yeah, that's true. They're they're over the age of being embarrassed by being with daddy. So there you go. You know. Yeah, they're used to it by now. <laughs> I just want they're to say the to one that. thing, man. I'm a preacher's kid, okay? And and my father used to use me a lot in his sermons. <laughs> Embarrass the heck out of me. And you do the same thing with your kids all the time. I mean, it's golf stories with your kids. I'm sure they're probably, it's nothing that counseling can't help down the road a little bit, but uh, that's true. I want you to be sure that's that uh, be, be, gonna a, need lots of it. be aware that that's on the, on the horizon for y'all. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, we appreciate you hanging out with us just like we appreciate uh, Tony Ruggiero hanging out with us and, uh, Man, it's just so great to have these stellar golf teachers uh, just hang out together, listening to Tony and Jeff talk together. It's uh, it's just very cool. Uh, you can hear it again if you want to just by going to thoseweekendgolfguys.com anytime. Facebook.com slash golfguys. Go there and follow us. Uh, take a lesson. Take two lessons. Uh, don't take any lessons. Just pick up some clubs and go play golf. Bonus content this week comes from four years ago. This weekend, back in 2016, where Jeff Smith, a little quick fix on how to hit the ball a little straighter and a lot longer. And thanks for hanging through the break. We're those weekend golf guys, John Ashton, Jeff Smith, and Trevor producer Mark Hunter all together. We're going to help take a few strokes off. And I bet you're saying, well, hey, if I could hit the ball A, either straight or B, a little further off the tee, I would be doing much better score-wise. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of truth in that. You know, people always are asking me for help with their driver because it's the, um, oh, I don't know, the emotional club, mm-hmm. you know, the one that, that elicits the most emotion. 
It's also uh, the one that you have most people watching you hit. Yeah. Because everybody's together when you hit it. On the first tee, there may be even people you're not playing with watching. There may be people at the clubhouse watching. Right. Uh, and when you're on the tee, even with your group, all of you are there on the tee. Whereas when you get out into the fairway, you know, you may be over on the left. Everybody else may be right, middle, center, back, front, whatever. So you're saying it's a social club. It's a social club. It's a it's a performance club. It's one you better do good because you're going to get the feedback on how you did it immediately from all of your playing companions. Yeah, that's true. You know, and there's there's also that thing that, that some guys have this quirky little move, but yet their ball goes straight. Uh-huh. And everybody goes, they groan and they go, oh, Mr. Automatic, yeah. you know. Yeah, there is hunter. nothing Jeez. more obnoxious than playing with somebody who hits it the same way every time, having it wind up in the middle of the fairway every time, no matter what that fairway looks like. Yeah, I know. I, I hate that. Playing with me too. So you don't Mark, ever ask Mark to, to you know play. What? Mark and I are just going to have to get together and, and play golf together because we don't get bored with that stuff. But... <laughs> <laughs> you get tired of watching us do that. Oh, I do. <laughs> yeah, right. And I also get tired of the nanny nanny boo boo comments when you walk off the tee too. That's just uncalled for. <laughs> you just know, unnecessary. there's a lot of people out there that 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 they think that they have to hit the the drive as far as they can possibly hit it. And so they they go about it with this level of energy that's uh, – I like to call it a, a level of ferocity, so to speak. I mean mm-hmm. they are just ripping at it. Mm-hmm. And they're not even close to the, to the middle of the club face. You know, they'll hit it on the toe. They'll hit it on the bottom. They'll hit it on the heel. They'll hit it on the top. Most people hit it on the top of the club, you know, throwing the thing in the ground. You know, at some point, they all become my students if they live anywhere near me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple things that can help people – really realize what's happening. And so the first thing I want to do, John, let's let's use you as an example because I've helped you change your your ball position and your alignment with your driver mm-hmm. and and you could really understand where your club face was being swung through. Where is that? Because I actually had you look at it for a little bit and go kind of a slow motion where you kind of waved it over the golf ball and you realized where the face of your club was traveling and facing. Mm-hmm. So couple thoughts. Learn what good alignment is and then learn where your club needs to be touching your golf ball. Where in that golf swing arc does your club need to touch the golf ball? And so most players are, um, let's just say that they're a, a lower than 100 miles an hour in club head speed. Mm-hmm. Those people are going to want to play the ball slightly more forward, um, close to the left armpit. Right. Because what's going to happen is your club is going to come from back and up and behind you to down around and in front of you, and it's going to kind of bottom out real close to the center line of your body, over, you know, about halfway in the between the, the sternum and, and the shoulder. About right. halfway in there, it's going to bottom out, and then you're going to have the ball not yet been struck at the bottom. The club's then going to be moving upward into the golf ball and the people that hit it slightly on the upward um, actually get a lot more carry yeah and they drive the ball better so but let's keep in mind that alignment is affected by ball position so the farther left you put it people have a tendency to turn and face their ball which would be the mistake here Mm -hmm. it would be a better idea 
than to turn and face your golf ball. Therefore, you know, turning your shoulders and your right shoulder gets closer to the ball and your left shoulder gets further, essentially opening up your shoulder line to the left for all your right-handed people out there. Right. Okay. It would be a much better idea to get your body on that line, your shoulders on that line, and then never change that line. Now, who says that your ball, your club has to start out right behind the golf ball? Nobody. Right. Your club needs to be traveling through that spot upon impact, but you don't have to start it there, which means there could be a gap between where your club rests, which is kind of maybe in the center, Mm -hmm. and that ball that's slightly out, you know, forward of center by a couple, three inches. And people go, oh, that looks funny. That sounds dumb. But I've given that drill on the driving range, and I have seen so many people take that to the golf course and instantly drive the ball better because they kept their alignment and their ball position. So their shoulders were not out of alignment from where they really wanted their swing to go. And they no longer were swinging downward to the left. They were swinging more upwards and more straight when they came into the golf ball. And that changed their world. Because it went longer and straighter rather than not quite so long and to the right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just keep in mind that you could do this from an alignment and ball position standpoint of getting your, your body in line with where you want your swing to go. And that's most of the time for most average players. That's where they want their ball to go as well. That That's and, the mistake I think most of us make, though, is when we move the ball more forward in our stance, we still – try to uh, set it up with the the club head right behind the ball at address. And there's no law that says you have to do that. Because that feels weird. It does feel weird. Yeah. Just the other day I had this um, one of the high school girls doing that. We got her ball position more forward, and she said, I don't like that. I said, tell me what you don't like about it. She goes, well, I feel like I'm twisted within my body. I said, right. Your top half twisted to the left and your lower half stayed the same. Mm-hmm. So you are feeling exactly what you just did. She goes, well, how do I do this and make it better? And I said, well, what stance and what, um, what shot do you feel like is the easiest one to stand? She goes, oh, just my short irons. So when the, ball, when the club's right in the middle, and she says, yeah, when the club sits right in the middle. I said, well, why not start with this club sitting in the middle? She goes, well, that's just weird. <laughs> I said, is it any, any weirder than what you just felt? She goes, no, this actually feels pretty good. I yeah. said, well, given the fact we're on the driving range and it doesn't make any difference, why not hit a few balls like that? And every one of them were pure. Yeah. And every one of them were high and booming and straight. And she looked at me like, okay, I'm going to do this on the golf course. <laughs> so she went out on the golf course. And she hit two balls per hole in a in a playing you know practice round. Right. She said, "I hit every fairway, and I hit them all twenty plus yards longer than anything else, and nothing curved to the right." She said, "You straightened out my body, and you put my ball in a good position." And then I just made a swing, and I said, "Yeah, that was about all you did, right?" And she goes, <laughs> "Okay, I'm going to play golf like that." Yeah. Like, okay, go ahead. Once again, someone leaves the practice tee at Otter Creek saying, you know, this Jeff Smith guy, he should teach people how to play golf for a living. He's kind of good at it. Yeah, I need to, like, start charging money. (laughs) (laughs) I've been doing it for a hobby for so long. (laughs) We have more little tips and techniques on longer, straighter drives and uh, a few other things. And uh, I've I've, uh, come across a situation my own self. 
that uh, we're going to get Jeff to fix for me because I'm sure uh, many of you do it because you're just as bad as I am. Admit it. When we come right back, we are all those weekend golf guys. Don't move.